This is a Sunday kind of love. I'm Maya Tan. We're on part eight of our holiday capsules. And that song you just heard was an excerpt of Five Years' Time by Noah and the Whale. On today's episode, we look at the big hipster expose. Now, there are real hipsters and fake hipsters who don't know they're fake hipsters and hipsters who are afraid to admit it. And I have someone here, though, whom I think is a great authority on hipsterism. Say hip-hip hello to Othniel Ting. Hello. <laughs> so Othniel works as a researcher for BFM. Uh, he plays in a band. You play in a band? Not yet. I jam around. Okay. <laughs> well, the most important thing is that Othniel is one of my favourite human beings, so he's here with me today. So I thought we would go through the who, what, why and how of hipsterism. So uh, we'll be covering the details of the subculture today, including the books, films and music that's popular with hipsters. So let's start with what. What is the hipster? Do you have a definition for a hipster? I think when it comes to hipsters, we can group them in two categories. One is the, as you said, the fake hipsters (laughs) and the real hipsters that will never admit that they're hipsters. Uh Yeah. So the fake hipsters... Oh, they follow the trends, they see what's hip, and then they call themselves hipsters. And then there's the real authentic ones that they just generally have a strong sense of individual style that people say they're hipsters. So, wow, that's, that's really quite complex. Well, according to the Urban Dictionary, hipsters are a subculture of men and women, typically in their 20s and 30s, that value independent thinking, counterculture, progressive politics, and appreciation of art and indie rock, creativity, intelligence, and witty banter. So, you know, technically, I am a hipster too. <laughs> Although outwardly, I may not display all the... Um, superficial signs of hipsterism. I guess based on that definition, I am a hipster too, but I'll never admit it. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. I've never admitted that I am a hipster. What do you think makes an authentic hipster authentic? And what makes a fake hipster fake? (laughs) (laughs) I think authentic hipsters have a very strong sense of individualistic curated style. Yeah, I think that's that's quite spot on. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I wouldn't call them hipsters. They just, they have a very strong sense of what they like. And when they like it, they just go all the way. I think that's what makes them authentic. And the thing about authentic hipsters is it's not very easy to spot them. Mm. Because they don't follow trends. They set the trends. Mm, exactly. So they may look quirky. They may be a little avant-garde, a little ahead of our time. But I think that's a pretty good description. Okay, so what makes a fake hipster fake? <laughs> I, I don't offend anybody, but you know, all those fake hipsters, there are, there are many stereotypes, I would say. You know, they're very Nike fly knit shoes, pastel and water shirts, and then, you know, they Instagram themselves with a, with a kinfolk magazine and a cup of coffee beside, and then they'll take picture, and they'll hashtag hipster life. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. And the irony of it is that these fake hipsters um, follow the trends, as you say, right? Mm -hmm. But the thing is, if you're a real hipster, if something has hit the mass market, you no longer like it. Exactly. (laughs) So that's the irony of it. Um, And fashion, yeah, since you mentioned all these brands, fashion is a big part of being a hipster. The Urban Dictionary says, although hipsterism is really a state of mind... It is also often intertwined with distinct fashion sensibilities. Hipsters reject the culturally ignorant attitudes of mainstream consumers and are often seen wearing vintage and thrift store-inspired fashions, tight-fitting jeans, old-school sneakers and sometimes thick-rimmed glasses. 
Okay, we've both got the glasses. <laughs> but both hipster men and women sport similar androgynous hairstyles that include combinations of messy shack cuts and asymmetric side-swept bangs. Such styles are often associated with the work of creative stylists at urban salons and are usually too edgy for the culturally sheltered mainstream consumer. And then there's also a very urban bohemian aspect to it. The effortless, cool, urban bohemian look of a hipster is exemplified in urban outfitters and American apparel ads which cater towards this hipster demographic, or I should say hipster wannabe demographic. (laughs) So tell me what you know of hipster fashion and are there different species within the ecosystem of the hipster? The noticeable one that... That's kind of cool nowadays. Is uh, is this New York '90s cool Seinfeld that vibe trend that's going on lately? So Ew. you so you see all these like cool, uh, female models like it girls nowadays like Ali Michael, Camille Rowe. I mean, they they can pull off this '90s normcore. Yeah, it's a bit normcore and a bit. Uh, there was once in the interview she said that she likes to wear jeans that are unflattering. So it's like it's like this old baggy high waisted. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Those jeans that that doesn't really look feminine but still look cool. So I guess those are the true authentic ones. The problem is you have to be supermodel like exactly, her in order yeah. to pull it off and yeah. look cool. Yeah, they they wear this like. A t-shirt with many holes and then uh, a jeans that they bought like for $5 but then they will suddenly like carry a Celine bag that they probably got for free. So, Right. <laughs> and uh, when you think about hipster, I think uh, the biggest stereotype would be the v-necked t-shirt mm. with maybe a hole or two, uh, the long baggy cardigan and uh, skinny jeans, right? It's very 2011. Very 2011 hipster. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then there are all these like different streaks of hipsters as well. I think for a while there, there was this big Victorian gent trend where the guys would have, you know, these really nice, finely waxed moustaches and... Tweet blazers. Tweet blazers and monocles. Yeah. <laughs> So unpractical, but you know, all that, for the style. That kind of struck me as a, a bit of an orthodox because, you know, the whole point about being a true, authentic hipster is that you don't care what the world thinks about you. Mm. Secondly, you're setting the trends. And thirdly, you're very eco-friendly and very understated. So, you know, this was kind of a bit show-offy. Mm. Well, it's ironic. <laughs> yeah. And then now there's a new trend. It's called lumber sexuality. Wow, I never heard of that. <laughs> yeah, so it's these guys who dress in plaid mostly. Um, they have beards. And um, they're into, you know, logging. They're, they're like, into like Paul Bunyan kind l- of like... Legit logging? Lumberjacking. <laughs> yes, exactly. Means are they actually like cutting off logs and building their own furniture? They are. They're, they're making their own furniture. They're building their own log cabins, you know. I bet they're from Portland because I remember reading an article once where Portland was voted as the most authentic hipster capital where they are actually authentic. <laughs> okay, so there was this article about the trend in Business Insider. According to this article, it says the lumberjack seems like like a startlingly apt symbol for hipsters to appropriate because on one level,
level, it's just a neat metaphor for gentrification. Okay, big words there. Mm. Lumberjacks were, after all, an ad hoc army of Caucasians invading regions that they imagined to be empty, sucking up the local resources and leaving vast bland spaces in their wake. So yeah, this is, you know, talking about uh, America as the new territories, Mm. you know, and Caucasians going to conquer it, despite the fact that there are Native Americans there, right? This particular brand of bearded flannel wearer is a modern take on the deeply rooted historical image of Paul Bunyan, the axe-wielding but amiable giant whose stomping grounds were the north woods of the upper Midwest. And then it also says, the traditional role of the man as the primary provider is now firmly out of reach for most Americans, which is why it seems particularly apt that mostly white young urban middle-class men have once again picked up a symbol invented in the early 20th century by men very much like themselves, a symbol that has long been gathering dust. So it's like men picking up on masculinity again, Wow! being breadwinners. Did a hipster write that article? Perhaps. <laughs> Okay, so so the key message for them is get out of the cities and into nature and the white man would be more powerful than any of the forces threatening him. Whoa. Wow. Okay. Let's see how long this trend lasts. Because <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the world is just going to like, you know, flush it down the toilet. Are there any other fashion trends that you wanted to talk about? Oh, that's the douchey hipster trend, you know. <laughs> What's the douchey hipster trend? <laughs> uh, you know, those rich kids that they'll go on Instagram and they see all the cool bloggers where like like Hood by Air, Rick Owens, and then they try to emulate the style, then they think they're hipsters. Yeah, I think that's the douchey hipster where they think they're hipsters. But, you know, you're just following the trend, bro. <laughs> so it's all just cosmetic, you know, yes. there's nothing inside. All right, so there's also hipster music, which I find fascinating. There are kind of different genres I've observed. Well, basically, the key principle when it comes to hipster music is if nobody has heard of the band, huh? then it's hipster. <laughs> but from looking at playlists on Spotify and so on, there's your happy indie pop rock. There's your melancholic indie folk, very emo, but not, not, not angry emo. And then there's your retro rock, right? And I noticed that the 80s is kind of a big influence. All your synthesizer sounds and, mm. and you know funky guitars and stuff. Why is the 80s such a big influence on hipster culture? I think the authentic hipsters, right? When they were starting out, I think they they didn't really have much money, so they would visit like thrift stores and they would buy. I mean, like 80s keyboards were probably the only thing they could afford, so they authentically <laughs> had the 80s sound. And then when it started to gain traction, and then like other people also, oh, I want to get that 80s sound. So, you know, probably right. the trend started that way. I never saw it like that. I never saw it as something born out of necessity. I thought it was something that they wanted to emulate uh, because they thought, oh, the, you know, they're nostalgic about the 80s. Or, Actually, they're just reverent of the 80s, you know, yeah, an pro- era which uh, that they never got to live. Yeah, probably they grew up listening to their dad's music and, you know, hipsterism Maybe. is all about nostalgic feelings. So probably that's the reason. Right. And then I noticed that there are also a lot of animal names. There are all these bands like The Bee Colony, The Last Bison. <laughs> and of course, earlier I played a song by Noah and the Whale. And they also have song titles like Goat. And, you know, they're all about woodland creatures and... Back to nature. Yes. Okay, you have a hipster playlist for us. What have you got? I have a playlist, but I will never call it hipster. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but play us a song from your list. Yep. Speaking of the 80s, I got a 80s-influenced disco-ish track for you guys. 
It's from the band Mr. Twin Sister, which is a which is a dream pop band that has big grooves and 80s influenced synthesizers. So this is Mr. Twin Sister with the song Stop. Sunday Kind of Love returns in just a moment. We've got books, film and more on the hipster movement on BFM 89.9. on a Sunday Kind of Love with me, Maya Tan. Othniel Ting is here with me in the studio and we're going through all things hipster today. We've kind of answered the question, what? And, you know, we've talked a little bit about fashion, we've talked a little bit about music. So the next question is, who really is the hipster? Just going back to what the Urban Dictionary says, despite misconceptions based on their aesthetic tastes, hipsters tend to be well-educated and often have liberal arts degrees or degrees in math and science, which also require certain creative analytical thinking abilities. And uh, as a result, many hipsters tend to have jobs in the music, art and fashion industries. And it's a myth that most hipsters are unemployed and live off their parents' trust funds. Those are the douchey hipsters, mm, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> who use their parents' credit cards to go buy Rick Owens. Um, so based on this, let's take a look at some of the most hipster movies out there. Do you have some suggestions of what an authentic hipster might find a good film? I think hipsters are all about the anti, as in like the anti-music, the anti-trend. And so I got the best one out there, which is the anti-film. Okay. And you can't talk about anti-films without mentioning Andy Warhol. <laughs> Okay. So, um, back in the 60s, Andy Warhol decided to take a break on his pop art stuff and he decided to have a hand in directing films. So, so he has this film called Sleep, which was released in 1963 and the duration of the movie was 5 hours and 20 minutes. What? And as you guessed from the title, it's called Sleep. So, the whole movie... It's for you to go to sleep. No, no. <laughs> It consists of him filming his friend sleeping for 5 hours and 20 minutes. Wow. So that was the whole film. I see. Yeah. Very art house love. Yeah, when, when, it, when it premiered, only 9 people attended the film and 2 people left during the first hour. <laughs> I think if I watched the film, I would have left like during the first 10 minutes. So that's an anti-film. Anything else? Yeah, he didn't stop there. The following year, he produced another film called Eat. And no surprise there, it featured 45 minutes of his friend eating a mushroom with a brief appearance made by a cat. There was no music at all and that's about it. 45 minutes of eating a mushroom. Yeah, and so if you're interested, you can actually look this up on YouTube. There are some clips of Andy Warhol's sleep. There's even a fan remake, which is eight hours long. <laughs> It's also on YouTube. There's another one called Kiss. And then there's Andy Warhol Eat, 1963. There's also Andy Warhol eating a cheeseburger. Very interesting. Empty film. So there's no soundtrack. All natural sounds. And it's just him eating a cheeseburger. Oh, 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 oh he's reaching for the ketchup. 
<laughs> okay, we've got to stop this. So Andy Warhol films would be on the top of the hipster list. Hmm. Well, I looked on this website, it's called Ranker.com, and there is a list of the best hipster movies. And this one is based on voting. So I really don't know who the voters really are. If they're the douchey hipsters voting, um, it would really be a very different list. But looking at the list, I think I think some authentic hipsters are out there. So right at the top of the list is The Big Lebowski, directed by the Coen brothers. Hmm. Wait, wait, let me let me explain something to you. Um, I am not Mr. Lebowski. I'm the dude. You know uh, that, or uh, his dudeness, or uh, duder, or uh, you know El Duderino. If you're not into the whole brevity thing, are you employed, Mr. Lebowski? Ah! Employed? You like sex, Mr. Lebowski? Is this your only ID? You got the wrong guy. I'm the dude. Your name's Lebowski, Lebowski. Jeff Lebowski, the other Lebowski, the millionaire. I received this ransom note this morning. This is the bummer, man. They want you to take the money and knock his courier. Why me, man? What the hell is this? My dirty undies, dude. The whites. Let's take that hill. Why should we settle for 20 grand when we can keep the entire million? I know you're mixed up in all this. Playing one side against the other in bed with everybody. Law them. Huh? Fabulous stuff. What? Who's sitting on a million dollars? We want some money. Ah! Sitting in the trunk of our car. Where's my damn money? Say, dude, where is your car? Who's got your undies, Walter? At number two is Fight Club. I love Fight Club. I want you to hit me as hard as you can. Why? How much can you know about yourself if you've never been in a fight? Wait, let me start earlier. Like many of you, I was stuck. No, you can't die from insomnia. I'd flip through catalogs and wonder, what kind of dining set defines me as a person? This is your life, and it's ending one minute at a time. I prayed for a different life. Soap. I make and I sell soap. This is how I met Tyler Durden. Come on, hit me before I lose my nerve. Oh. Hit me in the ear. It was on the tip of everyone's tongue. Can I be next? We just gave it a name. Gentlemen, welcome to Fight Club. The first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. After Fight Club, we all started seeing things differently. You're gonna have to keep me up all night. And she ruined everything. You're not into her, are you? No, God, not at all. We've all been raised on television to believe that one day we'd all be movie gods and rock stars, but we won't. He had a plan. <laughs> to what purpose? In Tyler, we trusted. I gotta take Fight Club up a notch. Each one of you has a homework assignment. You're gonna start a fight with a total stranger. That's not necessary. You're gonna lose. <laughs> that hurt. We're looking for a way to change your life. You got it. I'm stopping this. It's already done, so shut up. What kind of sick game are you playing? Oh my god. Where is my mind? Where is my mind? This is too much. In the end, you will thank me. That one's iconic. A clockwork orange. Hello, Rabbit Police Station. Good evening. It's Miss Weathers at Woodmere Health Farm. Hello. 
Look, I'm frankly sorry to bother you, but something rather odd has just happened. Well, it's probably nothing at all, but you never know. Well, a young man rang the bell asking to use the telephone. He said there'd been some kind of accident. Well, the thing that caught my attention was what he said. The words he used sounded very like what was quoted in the papers this morning in connection with the writer and his wife who were assaulted last night. Just a few minutes ago. Well, if you think that's necessary, but I'm, I'm quite sure he's gone away now. Oh, all right, fine. Thank you very much. Thank you. Hi, hi, hi there. At last we meet. Our brief gov-read through the letter roll was not, shall we say, satisfactory. Yes? Who are you? How the hell did you get in here? What the bloody hell do you think you're doing? This, you know, hits the right note. Next, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. I'm Clementine, by the way. I'm Joel. Hi, Joel. No jokes about my name. You like? Oh. You look like a tangerine. I so want to be a great, big, oh, huge elephant. You're trying to figure out, did I have sex with someone tonight? And how do you get people to like you? Yep, definitely yep. a hit. And then train spotting at number five. Choose life. Choose a job. Choose a career. Choose a family. Choose a big television. Choose washing machines, cars. Choose DIY and wondering who the you are on a Sunday morning. Choose fixed interest mortgage repayments. Choose leisure wear and matching luggage. Choose a three-piece suite on higher purchase and a range of fabrics. Choose sitting on that couch watching mind-numbing, spirit-crushing game shows. Stuffing junk food into your mouth. Choose your friends. Choose your future. Choose life. This is where Ewan McGregor got his first break. He played a heroin addict. Mm. It was all set in Scotland and they all they all had these Glaswegian accents, I think. At number six, the Royal Tenenbaums. There were three extraordinary children in the Tenenbaum family. I said sell it, yeah. Chaz Tenenbaum was a financial expert and started buying real estate in his early teens. Margot Tenenbaum was an acclaimed playwright and won a Pulitzer Prize in the ninth grade. Richie Tenenbaum was a champion tennis player ranked second in the world by age 17. They were brilliant. They were famous. They were unlucky enough to be the children of a man named Royal Tenenbaum. Are you getting divorced? It doesn't look good. Was that our fault? Obviously, we made certain sacrifices as a result of having children, but uh, no, Lord, no. Thank you, Pagoda. Well, I'm on my way. Now, for the first time in 22 years... I hear you're dying. Ooh, how long are you going to last? A month, a year. I've got six weeks to set things right. <laughs> They're all living together under the same roof, in harmony. I love you more than anything. <laughs> I believe this should actually be number one because I'm a big fan. At number seven, Donnie Darko. Son. I don't recognize this person today. I'm reading. Get out of my room. Where do you go at night? You want to tell mom and dad why you stopped taking your medication? I met a new friend. Real or imaginary? Would you like to talk about this friend? Any doctor? What the heck's going on here? I guess he was sleep golfing. 
<laughs> Watch out for that drool spot. When I clap my hands twice, you will wake up. Do you understand? Do you believe in time travel? Number eight, working for a dream. Television. That's right, Mrs. Goldfarb. Television. Congratulations. <laughs> Look, I don't have I'm any. I'm not looking uh... for money, Mrs. Goldfarb. I'm calling to tell you you've already won. Malin and Block discovers contestants for most of America's television shows. You've already been chosen from a long list of potential contestants, meaning you've already won. Oh, so where's the body? When I tell you, you're gonna jump out of the window. Again, heroin addicts. This one is really, really quite dark. Number nine, Napoleon Dynamite. Mm. Girls only want boyfriends who have great skills. You know, like nunchuck skills, bow hunting skills, computer hacking skills. How was school? Worst day of my life? What do you think? Idiot. What kind of bike do you have? It's a sledgehammer. Dang. You ever take it off any sweet jumps? A liger. What's a liger? It's my favorite animal. It's like a lion and a tiger mixed. Why are you so sweaty? I've been practicing some dance moves. Is Trisha here? Who's that in my driveway? That's my ride. And number 10, Little Miss Sunshine. Olive, dinner in 10 minutes. Dwayne, can you check on Frank? Tell him it's dinner time. Why, you don't talk anymore? You can talk, you just choose not to. Is that Nietzsche? You don't speak because of Friedrich Nietzsche. Far out. What's that, chicken? Every night is chicken. Holy God almighty. Is it possible just once Dad? we could get something to eat for dinner around here that's not the damn chicken? Hey, Dad. I'm just saying. Dad. How did it happen? How did what happen? Your accident. <clears throat> Uncle Frank didn't really have an accident. He tried to kill himself. Why? I wanted to kill myself because I was very He's unhappy. a sick man. He's a sick in his head now. Richard. I don't think it's an appropriate conversation for a seven-year-old. Well, she's going to find out anyway. I fell in love with someone who didn't love me back. Who? One of my grad students. I was very much in love with him. Him? You fell in love with the boy? Very much so. That's silly. There's another word for it. There is a message on the machine. Something about little Mrs. Sunshine. Little Miss Sunshine? Yeah. What? Remember when Olive was runner-up in the regional Little Miss Sunshine? That's the girl who won had to forfeit her crown. I don't know why something about diet pills, but anyway, now she has a place in the state contest in Redondo.
because yeah, I've watched every single film except for what was it, Train Train Spotting. Except for Train Spotting. All right, La Othniel. <laughs> you really are an authentic hipster. No, I'm not. <laughs> Out of this list, which would you say is your favorite? Hmm, that's quite a tough question. I love Donnie Darko, Fight Club. And of course, you gotta have your Wes Anderson films. I mean, oh, yes, no, no top 10 hipster movie list is complete without a Wes Anderson film. Well, I've also got a hipster song to play for you. This is Dreamers by Scavenger Hunt. It's made up of a duo from LA comprising composer-producer Dan Mufson and Jill Lamoureux. This is Dreamers, very 80s, very today. We'll be right back with more Sunday Kind of Love right after this to answer the question, what do hipsters read? So stay tuned on BFM 89.9. Sunday Kind of Love, welcome back. This is Maya Tan and I have Othniel Ting with me. He's a connoisseur on all things to do with the hipster. Now, the true irony with the hipster is that many of the detractors of hipster culture, you know, the people who put them down, are in fact unknowingly following a path that hipsters have carved out years before them. So I mean, like, you look at fashion, jeans and vintage looks are being reproduced in the high street, you know, in stores like H&M. You walk into Typo and the entire hipster lifestyle is there. What do you think? Ah, Typo. The shop that caters to all the Tumblr and Pinterest girls that think they're hipsters. (laughs) (laughs) This phenomenon also applies to music as well, right? Um, As many bands have become successful and known to mainstream audiences only because hipsters found and listened to them first as early adopters of new culture. Can you think of any of these bands? Bands like uh, Temper Trap, MGMT. Do you think they were first discovered by hipsters? MGMT. MGMT, right? MGMT. And what else? Believe it or not, Kings of Leon used to be quite indie hipsterish. Oh man, yeah. my favorite. I, mean, I, I use I I really love their early albums, but yeah. but I mean, it's just the nature of music. I mean, when a band gets popular, they 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 got to please the mainstream crowd and of course they got to stray away from their indie roots. So mm. that's the circle of life. So once certain concepts of fashion and music have reached mainstream audiences, the hipsters move on to something new and improved. And uh, there was something interesting in Urban Dictionary as well. They say that hipsterism is often dismissed as just an image thing by some, but the culture as a whole is affecting changes in society, leading to feelings of insecurity and resentment in people who are no longer a part of the cultural ruling class. So, for example, a lot of anti-hipster sentiment comes from culturally clueless suburban frat boy types who feel that, you know, the more sensitive, intelligent and culturally aware hipster threatens their sense of masculinity. Hmm. Hmm. Have you encountered any anti-hipsters? I think all authentic hipsters are also a little bit (laughs) anti-hipster. Yeah, I guess so, because... Naturally, when something gets a bit too trendy and the fake hipsters like it and then the authentic ones will 
naturally, Shanet. yeah, like straight away from like, oh no, those uncool people are starting to like what I listen to. I better <laughs> move on to something more obscure. Right. <laughs> but with books though, it's quite different because a lot of the books on the hipster list are great books of literature. So it's hardly faddish. So it's something that's uh, interesting. I kind of scoured the internet to look for what people would categorize as hipster reads, right? <laughs> I looked at it and I laughed because it just confirms that I am deep down inside a hipster. Books such as The Catcher in the Rye, J.D. Salinger, The Great Gatsby, mm. F. Scott Fitzgerald, Fight Club by Chuck Palahniuk, of course, Lolita, Vladimir Nabokov. These are the, the top 10 that I'm talking about. On the Road, Jack Kerouac, The Bell Jar, Sylvia Plath, no a Clockwork Orange on the list? <laughs> that was just the name that's next on the list. A Clockwork <laughs> Orange by Anthony Burgess. What would you say is the connecting pattern as far as these books are concerned? The main streak that I see in these books is that there is a great protagonist who has an issue with something who's not fitting in. Mm. Uh, for example... The Catcher in the Rye, you know, the key character, he's kind of out of sorts, he's not fitting in, he's misbehaving. In The Great Gatsby as well, he doesn't really fit in, mm. right, uh, Jay Gatsby. And um, he goes through this elaborate process to make himself rich so that he can go after the girl of his dreams. And then Fight Club, of course, is about this guy who has a split personality. Mm. As himself, his character is a little bit lame. But then the character of Tyler Durden comes in. That's mm. Brad Pitt's character. I'm thinking of the movie as mm. well. Yeah, right me now. too. And that character is larger than life. Mm. But essentially, when we find out at the end that he's a split personality, you know, it really is just about this one person who's a little bit lost. Mm. Lolita... <laughs> he's a pedophile <laughs> he doesn't fit in for sure yeah maybe the hipsters like to read all these type of books because they don't fit in real life maybe <laughs> yeah and, and they make it a point to not fit in mm, yeah. right? because they, they're different so that's that's what we can say about hipster books um, but there are also a great number of magazines mm-hmm. that pander to the hipster crowd mm. um, what would these be? Well, the ones that I can think of would be Kinfolk, Serial Magazine, Monocle Magazine, surprisingly, you know, because mm-hmm. Hipster wants to be in touch with the business side of things as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, many of them are entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. If you look at the creative arts, if you look at anything to do with the Hipster lifestyle, mm-hmm. really, from cafes to um, eco-friendly clothing. Yeah. And also Frankie for the girls. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of fashion, a little bit of travel, a little bit of home improvement. Even interior design, apartmental. Apartmental, yes. Inventory magazine, you know, those type of stuff. Yeah. Mm. What do hipsters want to read about? I guess if you're an authentic hipster, you have your own individual interests and you're not following other people's interests based on peer pressure. So naturally, the fake hipsters would read what they see on Instagram. So like, if they're following this really popular person or this really hipster person on Instagram, they see, oh, she's reading Kinfolk. I got to buy Kinfolk too. Mm. And she then... Yeah, so she will probably start reading. So I guess the fake hipsters read what they think is cool. Right. But these magazines, though, they they are really still great for the authentic hipster Mm -hmm. as well. Uh, Magazines like Apartamento, Mm -hmm. there are new ideas there. And they are written by authentic hipsters Mm -hmm. who have new ideas to share. Authentic curators of life. Wow. I think that says it all. Mm. Authentic curators of life. So I think hipsters have to, like real hipsters have to break away from that hipster moniker and sort of maybe even coin a new name for themselves. I think they should call themselves ACL, the Authentic Curators of Life. 
Wow, that's deep. <laughs> Do you have another song for us? Yeah, so this band is called King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Oh, yeah, I tell you, all these hipster <laughs> bands have... Animal names. Uh, yeah, animal names. And, and they're, they're just creative. It's a seven-piece psychedelic band from Australia. I tell you, Australia has the best psychedelic bands. Yeah, so they have two drummers, three guitarists. Because uh, one's not enough, Yeah, right? one's not enough. They have a harmonica player. Well, yeah, harmonica. So, yeah, harmonica. Yeah, uh, and another thing about hipster music is they play all those obscure instruments, you know. you got to have a sitar, a harmonium, you know. And then way back, way back, they brought in the toy xylophone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so this song that we're about to play is called Hot Wax. So enjoy this Hot Wax by King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Right, and that's it from us this week. Thank you, Othniel, for taking us through the hipster movement. This is Maya Tan signing off on a Sunday Kind of Love with Othniel Ting on BFM 89.9.